Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on March 28th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of The South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? Here comes the weekend, Joe. Here comes the weekend. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's Thursday. Okay. <laughs> no, because Kelly, uh, you know, Kelly Kelly has her line on Friday. You know, she does her happy right. Friday. So my right. new one for Thursday is Here Comes the Weekend. Okay? Okay. 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 Sort of uh uh like Here Comes the Bride. Here comes the Here okay. comes the weekend. Here comes the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. <sighs> Actually, wow. what? actually, you know what? You, you know what this weekend is? What? You, you're you're not going to know this. It's mine and JB's anniversary. Oh, okay, <laughs> wonderful. What are yeah, you guys going to do? Um, I, well, I'm not exactly sure yet. He says he has something up his sleeve, but he hasn't, you know, told me yet. So I don't know what the yeah. plan is. Yeah. Okay. I well, gotta go figure out. Is I, not I got, bad. I gotta go. I gotta go look up the, the list, you know, where it says, you know, first year, first anniversary is this, second anniversary, tenth <laughs> anniversary. I gotta find out what twenty nine twenty ninth anniversary is. Twenty uh, ninth anniversary. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. I'm old. I'm an old. Uh, I'm an old bride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. An old anyway, loved bride. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we have a whole bunch of people that we're going to talk this morning, so I think I think that we should should get right to it, right? Yeah, I. You know what? I would love to talk about some stories in the South Bay. Can we do that, Jackie? Absolutely. Okay. Who do we have? Who are our guests today? All right, our guests this morning are Jim Mueller, John Gran, Russell Boschetto, and Chuck McPeak from this year's production of the South Bay Story Show. 
Now, Jim Mueller is a writer, producer, and actor. He produced the first South Bay Story show in 2015, produced and starred in the Hermosa Beach production of the Tony Award-winning play The Gin Game in 2012. After writing, <laughs> producing, and acting in the short film Everybody Says Goodbye, as well as the award-winning feature film DeWitt and Maria. Jim enjoys producing, directing, and performing in stage showcases with the Movers and Shakers and others. He has also performed at Shine, the Santa Monica storytelling show, and his story, The Kiss, was chosen as Shine's 2014 Best in Show. Now, Jim, John Gran, a local business owner, resides with his family in Redondo Beach. His primary focus is giving back to his community, and he does so by recently joining the newly formed Redondo Kiwanis Service Club and serving a four-year term on the Redondo Beach City Council. Russell Boschetto is the CEO of Share Hope USA. Nearly four years ago, his son Simon, age eight, realized that providing hope, compassion, and kindness was the way to nourish the souls of the homeless and sick children. Okay, somebody's making an awful lot of background noise there while I'm while I'm reading this intro. Uh, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> um, and the most important thing to Russell, uh, it, it, the most important and meaningful part of Russell's life is being a dad. Now, Chuck McPeak was a CPA for 25 years and a professor at Pepperdine University School of Business. He's now, he's retired now and doing something completely different from standing up in front of a class. He's doing stand-up comedy. He has performed multiple times at Hollywood's famous Comedy Store and at the Clown House on West Pico in L.A. Chuck is also a popular improv performer in the South Bay. Now, the South Bay Story Show presents two performances on Saturday, March 30th at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday, March 31st at 2.30 p.m. at the Second Story Theater in Hermosa Beach. And this morning, we're going to get a sneak peek at what audience members can expect of this year's production. So, Jim, John, Russell, Chuck, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you, so thank you. Everybody's thank you. there. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, not, not, not yet. This weekend. This weekend. <laughs> it's uh, new furniture, Jackie. 29th anniversary. New furniture. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No. no. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I guess I've got to go out and yeah, buy a new thir- sofa or something. All right. 30th is a traditional pearl or modern gift diamond on 30th. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, gentlemen, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have you. The South Bay Stories show is, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing uh, uh, collaboration, and we love having it uh, here in the South Bay at the Second Story Theater in Hermosa Beach. Uh, Jim? You know, some people still haven't uh, attended. Uh, we need to give them the 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 pitch. Uh, what is the South Bay Stories Show? Joe, the South Bay Stories Show is the true stories of the people. And now this is the fifth show. So uh, all together now we have had uh, about 30 people from the community, mostly from the South Bay, almost exclusively from the South Bay, telling their true personal stories about incidents that have happened to them or experiences they have had in life and so on. And, um, you know, it's very interesting because when I talk to people about the show, uh, especially people who 
uh, went to the first show in 2015, they still remember one or two stories, and they still want to talk about it. So uh, it's something that uh, if you go to the South Bay Story Show with your companion or your significant other, you'll want to go down to Pier Avenue, have dinner, and talk about it. There's a lot to, There'll be a lot to talk about. Uh, on this, uh, about the, the stories on this year's show, right? So it's it's, you know, obviously the 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 people say, oh, watching a movie at home is not the same as going to a theater. Watching a play is certainly not the same as as seeing something on television. This experience. No, that's just. That's absolutely right. Live theater is a unique experience. And, you know, I think people really respond to that. Uh, And uh, it's interesting that uh, you can have live theater without uh, props, without fancy scenery uh, or trick shots. Um, And Shakespeare proved this uh, way back, uh, you know, 500 years ago. Because if you go to a Shakespeare theater, it's really nothing except the stage and actors. And the, the main thing are, is the story and the words uh, that are uttered by the actor. And uh, it's the words, the story that are important in live theater. I got, I got right. to, I, I have to, I have to ask Jim. So you've been doing this for five years now. And how, how do you find people to tell their stories and how do you decide enough to be in the show year after year? Well, that's a really good question uh, because uh, I think the first, I'm going to address the last part of your question first. You know, everybody has a compelling story. And I have found in uh, putting the show together that I really don't need to look for people to tell stories. In fact, uh, one time I went out looking for a famous storyteller and I got him and he wasn't the most interesting person in the show. His story (laughs) wasn't the best story in the show. Everybody has a great story. And one of the things we try to do at the South Bay Story Show is um, uh, find people or now by now people come to us and they say, I would like to tell my story because I think I have an interesting story. And it's just a matter of choosing uh, the most interesting one. Uh, And then we help people get up on the stage because as you know, Jackie, or Jackie, you're really good on the stage, but maybe, maybe you don't know this, but as, as many people know, it's very difficult for people to get up in front of a large number of people and, uh, you know, speak much less tell something personal. So, uh, my director, Tony Teresi and I, we really work hard to help people, uh, learn a little bit about how to perform and how to be comfortable on stage talking to uh, a group of people about something that can be very, at times, very personal and uh, 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 very deeply embedded in their, in their lives. So, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's uh, not a trick finding people. It's a trick uh, helping people be comfortable telling their uh, personal stories. And these stories, every show has compelling stories and you know some people uh, who are in the audience there are going to be eight stories at the 
at the show. And, you know, some of the stories you don't make contact with, but others of the stories you do. And it's very interesting when I talk to people after the show uh, how different uh, people look at different stories. Some people are touched by a story, but other people are not touched at all by the same story, but they're touched by a story that's completely different than the other people were touched by. So uh, it's it's um, a very interesting experience. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. So, John, uh, I want to bring you into this conversation because as a you know local business owner, um, tell us about how this has affected your life in terms of being a performer. Do you consider it a performance, John, or do you consider it just telling a story? Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, I consider it uh, a little of both. And when Jim approached me about uh, potentially talking about my situation and my story, you know, we all live our lives where we don't think we're doing anything spectacular out of the normal. And uh, what Jim brings to the whole table is that the stories that we do have and are, are, are things that we're involved with really do interest other people, whether it's people living vicariously through our, our experiences or the things that we learn. You can really learn a lot from someone who communicates their, their way in life. When Jim approached me, you know, I'm, I'm a small business owner and I, I work in a couple of different uh, organizations with Jim, and he and I were chatting and whatnot. And I recently became a city council member in Redondo Beach. And, you know, I have to get up in front of a lot of people, and we have to be up on the dais and make decisions and everything. And, again, it's become my regular daily life. But I realized that a lot of people, including Jim, would ask, like, why in the heck would you ever want to become a city council member? Just as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like no money. You get abused. You have to make very important decisions. And the best you can do is have 50.1 people happy and you know 50% of the people happy. The other half hate you. So why, why yeah. do that? And why, why step out of your lane? And uh, I didn't really see it as, as a compelling story. It's, you know, I have my reasons why I did it. And Jim and Tony brought that out of me as, hey, no, this is a story, and it's uh, answering the question, of why the heck would you want to be a, a, a city council member? And that's how I give back to my, my city and my, uh, my community. But, <laughs> again, we all kind of look at it, and we don't realize that we're, we're doing things that are, are out of the norm, and that's kind of where it came from. Okay. Okay. So, Russell, I want to I want to ask you a similar question, but what a story! Share Hope USA. Tell us about yes, that sir. first. Well, um, it really is a uh, it really is an act of just passion. Um, for me, it's really twofold passion, and and that of supporting uh, your child, your son, my son, supporting him and what his passion is, which is really just helping other people. Um, but then, you know, easily morphed into help, helping other people as well. And it's become this um, whirlwind of just goodness, kindness, compassion, um, feeling for other people. Um, and it's just an it's amazing small nonprofit organization that was really just started out of um, one eight-year-old's question 
as to why was somebody hungry and where do they live. And out of that uh, was created this movement to um, feed all of them and to give all of them hope and kindness and compassion. And, and then from there transferred into helping kid, uh, sick children at the children's hospital. Um, and so, you know, you fast forward almost four years later and he's, he's touched, uh, you know, over 42,000 people's lives and giving them kindness and hope um, out of one very innocent, simple question, why is she hungry? It's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And, and Chuck, um, CPA to storyteller, uh, tell us about that. Well, um, in Jim's show this weekend, I'm the exception. Um, I'm not going to tell a story. Jim and I are in an acting group together, and I, uh, he has seen me at the uh, Manhattan Beach Arts Center. He's seen me do stand-up comedy, which I have done quite a bit of. And uh, mm-hmm. so he asked me if I would take one of the slots in his show and do eight to ten minutes of stand-up comedy. And, of course, I love doing it, so I accepted it. Um, so um, I was a uh, professor at Pepperdine for 25 years, and uh, two years ago I retired, and um, I was looking around for uh, something to keep me off the streets, and I stumbled into uh, Jocelyn Center, and Jim was conducting um, what's called Acting Out Again, an acting workshop. And I joined in and um, ended up doing one scene in the upcoming showcase. Uh, So then one of the members of that cast invited me to um, be in an acting class at Santa Monica College for Mm seniors, Santa Monica College Emeritus for Seniors. And so um, I branched into that. And then um, um, Jim told me about the improv group at the Manhattan, sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Rec Department, and I got involved in improv. And the final step, I got a, a mailer from the um, older people's division at El Camino College. And I looked and I said, I wonder if they have an acting um, group. And I looked under performing arts and they didn't have acting, but they had stand-up comedy. It was um, sponsored by the community college. It was uh, conducted by Adam Barthart, who is a longtime stand-up comedian. And um, I went to his workshop, and I went um, for um, a session was about 10 weeks, and I, I did it about two or three times. And that yeah. got me involved in um, in stand-up comedy. And I've done uh, several shows at the Comedy Store in Hollywood. And um, I've done uh, a show at um, Adam Barnhart's headquarters, which is called the Clown House down near Staples Center. And um, I have uh, done two stand-up sessions at the Manhattan Beach Arts Center, and I regularly perform in uh, our improv group, which we um, 
merge regularly with the um, improv group at Miracosta High School, and it's called Intergenerational Improv, Seniors and Seniors, Senior Citizens mm-hmm. and um, and Seniors in High School. So um, Jim <clears throat> talked to me recently and said, how would you like to be in our show and instead of telling a story, do some stand-up comedy? And I'm delighted. I love being up on the stage, and, <laughs> and I'm happy to do it. <clears throat> hey, so Joe, is, is Joe, your, did, yeah. Joe did, didn't we have the Miracosta kids on from that program? The, the uh, intergenerational. Did, I, I'm almost positive we had them on. Oh, okay. I, okay, I, I, didn't, anyway. <laughs> I didn't remember directly, but it's I, very yeah. interesting. Sorry, Jackie? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's very interesting, uh, uh, Chuck, when you talk about this. You know, what is it about stand-up comedy that really appeals to you? Um, One of my acting partners who works with Jim on this show, um, Donna Barron, uh, she was one of my, she was my acting partner at the Santa Monica um, events. And um, she called me a stage whore. She said, you can do anything to, to get up on the stage. <laughs> so you know, I, like, I guess so, she loves me. That's so you know, funny, I, Chuck. It, this this ahead, is Jim. I have to interject here yeah. because, you know, I went to one of uh, the seniors versus seniors show at Miracosta, and when Chuck got up, there was a whole gang of people in the audience, kids, started yelling, Chuck, 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 Chuck. He's got groupies. Chuck has groupies. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say that uh, Chuck, you know, is I, I have to dispute the fact that uh, stand-up is not storytelling. Because, actually, I was listening to Chuck's routine, and I thought, you know, he's really telling a story. It's just a di- in a different way, a different um, uh, uh, way of relating to uh, life's experiences. So I thought, well, it's a, it's a different way of telling a story. Why not have stand-up in the show? And so I think it's going to work out great. Jim, I agree with you 100%. My favorite comics, my favorite stand-up comics are the ones that tell a story uh, through their routine. You know, it's all connected. You know, when you get to the end of it, everything is connected to the other. It's just, you're right, it's told in a different way. But absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. The best best comics are the ones that are able to to weave a story. Now, Chuck, I have to go back to you for a second. That's so funny because uh, she called you a stage whore. A stage yes. whore, is that it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so okay, maybe Jim or John or Russell or Joe, maybe somebody can explain this to me. Um, several years ago, I was asked to do the South Bay Dancing with the Stars, the dance, Dancing with the South Bay Stars, and I did it. You know, it was a good cause. You raised some money, right? Um, but after I did it, I realized that performer. I I don't enjoy the process of performing. But obviously Chuck you do. So Jim, explain that to me. How do, what what makes one person super comfortable on the stage and another person not? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I can't really uh, say totally, but here's the way the way I have perceived it, having been on the stage. It's your attitude when you're up there. If you have the attitude that the ju- the audience is sitting in judgment of you and waiting for you to make a mistake or say something wrong or, you know, fall fall down then you tend to freeze on stage you 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 are afraid and i think the people who are most comfortable on the stage realize that the audience really loves them and you know, all you have to do is look at our celebrity culture and see that that people love performers they're not sitting in judgment of them when they perform. Uh, they love them. Person who can get up on the stage and make you laugh and, and you know, feel emotion, uh, that's a person that you love. And if the performer gets up and, and feels the love of the audience, then they feel comfortable and they're their best comes out. And that's what we try to do with our storytellers is convince them that the audience loves them and loves their story and wants them, wants to hear every word that they say. Uh, And and it's such a great audience too. Such a great audience at this event. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Chuck has a unique persona on stage and uh, Mm. he appears to be very, very, comfortable. I think the audience is going to fall in love with him because he he just uh you know how it is it, it's a, a a performer has a charisma and Chuck has it. But all mm-hmm. of our storytellers have it and they're really coming out. I think that they that we've rehearsed a couple of times and and uh really uh tried to help them feel comfortable and they're starting to come out. Uh, they're starting to come out of their shells and by the time Saturday night rolls around, they will be up there performing. The audience will love them. <laughs> when 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 you do when you do your when you do your uh practices, you, you do you actually sit them on the stage? And one of the, one of the most disconcerting things to me was that on stage, the lights are on you. You can't see the audience. It's just it's just there's light in your eyes and it's just a black wall. You don't see the people. Do you guys practice that? No, well, well, we're going to practice that on Friday night. That's our uh, dress rehearsal night. But no, you don't see the audience, but you feel them especially in a live audience and especially in our theater that's pretty small. Uh, you can feel the audience. It's, it's, very, it's an interesting phenomenon. It's, it's a wonderful human uh, community phenomena that you feel this breathing, uh, I don't want to say mass of humanity because that you know, kind of dehumanizes it, but you just feel them out there, and then they they react, or they they'll laugh, or they'll sigh, and if you you sometimes you can hear people gasp when you say something that you know really touches them. So uh, it's not a matter of seeing them; it's a matter of feeling them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. I just I have a million questions. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so Chuck obviously has experience performing. John, you you it's not performing, but you have experience dealing with the community at large. As you said, you're up on a dais at your meetings and you have your community meetings and stuff. Russell, do you have any 
experience uh, uh, you know being out in front of people like like either Chuck or John or Jim Russell Russell here you go. I'm is, sorry I had to, uh, I'm you here, I'm here. Okay. yeah okay. Um, you know it's funny because um, when I was a kid um, I grew up in a very religious family and so I would get up in front of the congregation of two, three, four hundred people sometimes and, and um, you know, talk, give my sermons and such and such. And so I have that, that basis of speaking in front of people. And then, you know, you, you, you come into now starting a small nonprofit or, you know, we, we, we started this, this Plato Drive um, and now in our fourth annual Plato Drive is this, this May. And uh, that has started out as just collecting Play-Doh for the Children's Hospital of L.A., but it's it's very rapidly uh, moved into um, a tool to help instruct uh, and speak and motivate uh, middle school, high school, and uh, leaders on how to move forward with kindness and compassion and give back to the community. And so we we go on speaking tours every year now, and, and Cy who's now 12 years old today, he, um, he starts, he speaks at about 30 different schools and we go to these schools and we talk to all the staff and all the kids and try to motivate them to think community first. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I, you know, my next question to you just before you answered that was I wanted to ask you because you, you were telling us the story of your son, the simple question that started you on this road. And he, he obviously is a compassionate individual. And I was going to ask you was, you know, are people born that way or is it, is it, is it, is it learned from their environment? And obviously what you just said about growing up uh, with religion in your life, you know, it, it would seem to me that that's how he was brought up. So I guess you yeah, don't even you know, have to answer. You don't even have to answer it's that. A, it's, a, it's a really good question. And, and I try to, it's, it's funny when we go and we speak to a lot of parents, and a lot of leaders, and, uh, uh, you know, I try to explain to them. I, I have feel very firmly that all children have this gift of, of um, unbridled compassion and kindness. It's, it's, it, they're born with it. It's in them. It is our jobs as leaders, parents, and motivators to bring that out and water that and allow that to grow. Uh, it's the world and the society we live in that often uh, dis- is- extinguishes that in a lot of us and and burdens us with what this world has, and then it doesn't allow that to fester. And so um, what my wife and I have done is really just allow what I feel is just naturally there um, just to, to, to spotlight that and allow that to be um, – you know, a motivational uh, basis and foundation to grow on. And, you know, we have a youth, we have a, a, a youth ambassadorship with our organization and, and it, the whole purpose of that whole program is to do exactly what I just said, to take what I feel our youth already has and to just capitalize on that and help them understand that if they were to just focus on that um, and allow that to be the motivating factor in their young lives that they can change people's lives now when they're 8, mm. 9, and 10 years old 
and they don't have to be an adult and have millions of dollars and know a lot of people. They can do it right now. That's amazing, Joe. Let's. Uh, that's a good mm. point for a break. Let's let's take a station break, uh, and then we'll come back yeah. and talk some more about this cool show. Let's do that, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the South Face Show. Um, we have regular shows 8 a.m. on Thursday and 8 a.m. on Friday. We'd love for you to join us on a regular basis and share this show with everyone you know in the South Bay who has a passion uh, for uh, how we live and, and what we do here. And, of course, today we're talking with the South Bay Story Show and Jim Mueller's uh, production of uh, stories and comedy and live action theater uh, that uh, you're sure to enjoy uh, coming this Saturday, March 30th uh, at 7.30 p.m., Sunday, March 31st at 2.30 p.m. at the Second Story Theater in Hermosa Beach. So we're going to talk more about it. Uh, Jim, when you think about the time you've spent already on the South Bay Story Show, is there going to be any change or are you on to a good formula and you're just going to continue that formula going forward? Well, we're going to do the show the same way we've done it since the very first. And um, one of the things that I wanted to do uh, after having seen many shows, uh, similar shows all around the area is um, simplify things so that, um, it seemed to me that some of the shows had a lot of clutter. And uh, so at the South Bay Story Show, you will only see the storytellers. Uh, there's no MC. Um, there is a musical storyteller that we should talk about a little bit. Um, but the storytellers just come on one after the other and tell their story. The audience reacts, and then the next storyteller comes. So we have mm-hmm. eight stories, um, and plus the musical storyteller. And it's very, mm-hmm. very simple. And it flows along. There are no breaks. We don't have an intermission. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no shuffling of stuff around on the stage. It's just one story after the other. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Jim, Jim, do you – only because um, I mentioned it in the intro – at another uh, uh, venue like this, uh, what is it, uh, Shine? Shine in San Marco? Yeah. Um, and it, it, I, it, I mentioned in the intro that there was a, a story that was voted like best in show. Do you do that here in Hermosa? Does the audience uh, no, like I decide if it... Yeah, I haven't done that story. Uh, I would like to do it, but I don't want the show to be about me. I want it to be about uh, other people. Uh, there's so many wonderful stories all over the South Bay, uh, people walking around with uh, carrying these stories. I want them to hear about them and not uh, not me. Well, no, 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 no. What I was wondering is in, in, the, in the South Bay Story Show, does the audience vote for a favorite like they do at, at the one in Santa Monica? Oh, no, no, they don't. Oh, okay, okay. Um, right. Yeah, I like that. I, it, I wouldn't like it to be a competition. That, you know, I don't know. Right. 
Right. It's not a competition. Each story is unique. Each story stands on its own and uh, has its interesting parts uh, and, uh, you know, things to talk about. That's what I meant. But after the show, get together with your friends and your or your loved ones and talk about the what you heard and how it made you feel. That's that's one of the fun parts of going to the show. Yeah, it's interesting what you had mentioned earlier when you were explaining how some people, like one story, will touch one person a certain way, have a completely different effect on another person in the audience. Um, It reminded me, you know, we have a couple of excellent uh, short film festivals in the South Bay. Um, Actually, there's, I think it's this weekend, LunaFest. Um, but we have uh, the um, the other one that the Palos Verdes Land Conservancy puts on. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Scenic Beauty, something like that. But we have a couple of excellent short film festivals, and it's the same thing. You know, where you go sit in a theater for two hours, you watch, you know, maybe 10, 15 short films, and some of them grab you, and others you're like, yeah, I don't need to see this. <laughs> right, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Only we don't we don't have any stories that nobody wants to hear <laughs> at our show. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we I don't think we've ever had a show that really had anything ex- really extreme on it. It's just it's people's uh, emotions and people's uh, people's uh, lives that are sort of laid out there for you to see and how they feel about things. And, you know, we just haven't run across anything that's extreme that is that interesting. Well, are you going to tell us about your musical storyteller? Yeah, I'd love to. Yes. Uh, I've always had on the show a musical storyteller. And one of the things I want to do is I want to make it a solo instrument. Uh, and I wanted to highlight instruments that weren't uh, usually heard in a solo, uh, uh, you know, in a, as a solo. Uh, and so it, I think that's been very successful uh, in the past because people uh, find that it's a new experience and a different way of telling a story. When you focus on one instrument and you hear that played in a certain way, it's like a, like a story. And so this time we have Alex Hahn, who is a saxophonist. And Alex is quite accomplished, actually. He's uh, a graduate of the Thelonious Monk Jazz Institute, and as well as the UC Thornton School. So he's an accomplished musician, but he's also a great improviser. And um, I've given him all of the eight stories, um, you know, the, the scripts, and uh, asked to uh, ask him to create a story uh, on his saxophone uh, around those uh, stories. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I was getting a little feedback there. There, there is some. Yes, uh, yes. Somebody's somebody's got something going on in the background. It's interfering with our our sound quality. Sorry. Um, okay, so I'm sorry, Jim. So, um, what's the name of this musician again? I'm sorry. Alex Hahn 
is his name. Alex Hunt. And he's going to uh, be playing the sax. Yeah, you can. All right. Yes, and he'll be playing the sax. He's a very accomplished musician. I've given him the scripts to all, all of our stories. So he, he knows uh, something about what's going to be said, and he will come up with a musical story uh, that's, that uh, speaks to those uh, spoken stories. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, mm-hmm. as Joe as Joe mentioned at the break, you know, there are two performances, one on Saturday, March 30th at 7.30 p.m., and another on Sunday, March 31st at 2.30 p.m. at the Second Story Theater in Hermosa Beach. Jim, how much are the tickets? They're $20, and you okay. can go on southbaystoriesshow.com, and uh, there's a button there, and you can buy the tickets there. All right. Okay. okay. Well, I want to... I, I wanted to get back to what um, what John was saying about going about your life and not feeling like you're doing anything out of the ordinary, but other people might find what it is that you don't think is anything special is compelling. Um, so, so can you give us maybe Jim a couple of not don't tell us the stories, but some of the the story concepts it's just a you know a two line description of what people can expect this year yeah there's a great variety this year and um uh john and uh, russell and chuck have told you a little bit about their stories um the other stories uh are very interesting we have uh judy francis who spent her career as a diplomat uh, all over the world, and uh, she finally um, uh, was stationed in Africa, and she has a very interesting take on political correctness having to do with the difference between black and white, and uh, so I think that's going to be very interesting, and uh, Nina Murphy uh, was at one time the only woman photojournalist at, in motor racing. And she'll be telling the story about uh, how she went to, uh, how she got into that through her connection as a French, uh, through her French ancestors, learning French and how learning French led her to be the only woman photojournalist in motor racing for a while. Um, And um, then uh, to be something completely different, Connie Alexander will talk about trying to marry off a maiden aunt who refused to marry. Uh, <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do they still do that? Is that still being done? People trying to marry off uh, uh, the old, the old maid aunt? Yes. Uh, it's, it still goes on. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, Connie's story is very funny about uh, this woman her Aunt Ada, who was a very interesting character. And uh, so I think you'll really enjoy that. Um, and uh, then uh, we have uh, 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 one other storyteller, and uh, oh, it's slipping my mind now, but uh, the stories that uh, we will be sharing are really compelling. And I think that uh, Russell and John and Jim, oh, uh, yes, I should tell you, Jim Lobdell, 
I forgot about him. He will tell about being educated in the University of Harlem. And what he's going to be talking about is going as a young pastor from Minnesota, a white guy, and being assigned to a church in Harlem. And uh, his story is a really great story about going into a community that you are a total stranger in and being taken in by the community and supported by that community, even though you, uh, the person coming from Minnesota, are supposed to be serving them. So that's going to be a great story as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And by the way, Jim, Jim is uh, Jim Lobdell is a person who uh, has absolutely no trouble getting in front of an audience and making them uh, totally wrapped with what he has to say. Well, he's a pastor. He's another one. He gets up and talks in front of people. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, he, yeah. He does, and you know, he uh, one of the things that he. Uh, wanted to do was he didn't want to give any kind of a sermon or proselytize in any way, but he wanted to tell about his experience of being served by other people where not he was serving them or talking necessarily about religion at all, but going into this community and being helped to uh, be able to live and survive in this, in a community uh, that was total, totally strange to him. So, uh, that's going to be a great one too. It, you know, it's so interesting. This is like Joe. This is like a. It's like a. It's like a master course, like a Toastmasters. You know, only mm. all, all rolled into one. You know, one. You know, instead of going every week, you get this one intense. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Call it a, a crash crash course. You know how how long do you guys? How long have you guys been? been practicing this how how long is this process from the time uh john from the time jim asked you um like did you go home and did did you have to go home and and write it down did you have to go home and practice in front of a mirror how did how did how does the process work sure well uh jim approached me about six months ago and i was intrigued about would someone really want to listen to this story so i'm uh you know, I do a lot of marketing, I do a lot of writing, and the way that I write and the way that I communicate is mostly through business prose and, and you know, facts and real details, and I think that those things are all important. And as I started to write the story down, I realized that uh, my story was about four and a half, maybe five pages long. It was dense. It had just really riveted with facts and all the real important stuff. And as you go through the process and you start to uh, rehearse, met with Tony and, and uh, Jim, and, and they gave me some pointers and things, and it became something that was not uh, prose or, or written words to be put on a website or in a marketing page, but started to become something more of my voice. And they really walked me through the process of making it more my voice. I, I thought, well, these details are important to the story. And they're like, no, they want to hear about you. They want to hear about the emotion behind it. What is compelling you to do what you're doing in your day-to-day? And it was a really nice and, and wonderful experience. It went down from essentially kind of reading very fast, and that's kind of how I was looking at it because I needed to get under that eight minutes. 
So reading very fast to then taking a time, making sure that you enunciate, making sure that you're doing the uh, inflections as well as actually telling the story rather than reading from the page. They're wonderful at, at taking someone who you know, communicates in a different way. I'm usually just talking about facts to now conveying your story. And it was a great process. Over the six months, I've probably rewritten my story or at least down considerably. Uh, probably once every two or three weeks, I would send them a new version of it. They would take a look at it. And I think Jim uh, probably chuckled <laughs> from version one to the version I'm going to do tomorrow night and, and uh, Saturday and Sunday. But uh, it is, they've made me a, a very uh, different storyteller because it is from me. And I'm very excited to be able to hear these other stories. When I hear about them, I'm, I'm going, wow, my, my story pales in comparison, and, and I'm looking forward to hearing those. But the, the process has been uh, a, a six months starting to really look at the story and what's the essence of it. They brought out other pieces. For instance, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because my dad uh, talked to me about being a politician. And politicians in general suck. And now I am one. So, <laughs> so it, it, it's how, how do you how do you become that? How do you how do you translate that into something that other people might have that same feeling? And now you get to help them sit up in the dais and see the public and see how people are reacting to a politician from the politician's eyes. And I'm not trying to be someone who's trying to, you know, get a new funding or anything. I'm just sharing my story. I'm a human. I'm a neighbor. And I'm trying to do good in my community. But I get called names. Mm -hmm. And I have to make hard decisions. And I have to – there's contradictions. And um, I have my family to, to interweave with those things. And Jim and Tony have just been fantastic about being able to kind of hone the story to what it's really about. It's not about the facts. It's not about all those others. It's about the emotion and uh, sharing that with the audience. I'm I'm really excited about doing that on Saturday and Sunday. Wow! Wow! wow. Was <laughs> Russell was Russell was it a similar process for you, or did you go at it a different way? Yeah, you know, um, pretty similar. You 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 know when you when you get approached to, for for doing the show, um, they ask you to um, write it all down, write what you want your story to be, and then. You, you just kind of send it over to them, and and uh, then uh, they give their their thoughts about the about it. And as you go through the process, it kind of just, um, as was said, just kind of you kind of just skim the story down to what's um, what's the best to be said and what's going to um, uh, be received the best. Um, and so it turns it into a really polished piece. Hmm. Interesting. And 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 um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting some feedback again. I I hear that too. Joe, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my mic off for a minute, Joe. You, you go ahead. Okay. Sure. Well, <clears throat> lots of people that have never come to a South Bay Story Show uh, event. Uh, will want to know what to expect. Um, do you, can you give us an idea, Jim, on advanced ticket sales? Uh, are people likely to get a seat? 
Uh, yeah, and I don't I don't think people should worry about that. Just buy your ticket. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the ticket site is set to maximize, you know, to uh, not sell any more tickets when the uh, we've reached full. So I do have to say that this year the ticket sales are way ahead of previous years. And yeah. so uh, I'm really You're anticipating – I, yeah, <laughs> thank you, John. Uh, way ahead of, of uh, last year, and uh, I'm hoping that um, we will have a full house for both uh, nights, uh, both performances. I see. With, with, with a politician on stage, we'll have to pat down everyone and make sure there are no tomatoes coming in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be appreciated, yes. Yeah, no tomatoes allowed. No tomatoes allowed. This is not a political thing at all. It's not political at all. It's, it's entertainment. It's not political. It's entertainment. You know, as as John was explaining about his story, uh, we we finally got to the point where we said, John, tell us why you did this. You know, we want to know about you. We don't necessarily want to know about uh, your politics. And it turns out that yeah. for John, politics weren't involved at all in his decision uh, to run. It was uh, a desire to be of service to the community and to do better. So uh, there are no politics. People don't have to worry about that. There won't be any politics involved in this. Not at all. Well, um, you've all given an excellent account of your relationship to the South Bay Stories. It's just it's just um, something that I know Joe? many people. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Are you hearing this background noise? I do. I'm not sure where it's coming sure. from. It does not seem to be coming from my yeah, side. It's, it's Anyone? Just, you know, it's. Well, hold on. I have I have an idea. Hold on, okay. Jackie. Do you still right. hear it? Do you still hear no, it? No, I don't. I don't hear it now. I don't no. hear it now. So it's coming from yeah. one of the sides that are that are okay. uh, muted right. out. All right. Okay. Well, you know, it's just it just that you know you know I get crazy when the sound quality gets crummy. Um, yes. But uh, so I'm just thinking uh, if it doesn't get any better. Let, Hey, I want Jim? to end the show early because nobody wants to listen to this. No, no. No, it's it's coming from Jim's side. So, okay, all right. Uh, so we can oh. keep it muted for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Is, okay. Do you have is a, it coming from a, my side? Yeah, Jim. Something. Uh, are, what is that? Yeah, when we, when we uh, mute you, we're not getting it. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, okay. the, the well, now we, background is coming from me? Yeah. It, well, it, it, it somehow, I will. Somehow. I will. I will sign off. I'm using one. I'm using a phone that is a, a wireless phone. You know, cordless. Yeah, that might that, that might be it. Phone. Yeah. Uh, it seems yeah. to be gone for now. It seems to be gone for now. So we can proceed. But as I said, Joe, if it doesn't get any better, we can just sign off a couple of minutes early. Okay. Yes, of course. Yes, we will. Okay. But uh, I have control of it now. At least I thought I did. But let's say. Uh, Thank you to everyone, and we want, Jim, we want the contact information for the South Bay story, and we want uh, people to know how to get in touch with you. 
Okay, yes, thank you. Um, again, thanks for uh, having us on your show. Um, people can go to southbaystoryshow.com to buy tickets um, and see also the, the photos of all the storytellers. And uh, uh, the theater is at 710 Pier Avenue. It's the Hermosa Beach Community Center right on the corner of PCH and Pier. And uh, people who buy tickets, I'm going to send them the parking map of Hermosa Beach so they won't have any problems parking. And I hope they take advantage of all the wonderful restaurants that are up and down Pier Avenue. And then uh, either uh, before or after the Sunday show, uh, the sat before the Saturday show and after the Sunday show, go down on the pier and enjoy the sunset and make a make an evening of it. But make sure you allow time to sit down with whoever you went to the theater with to talk about the stories because you'll definitely want to do that. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, Russell, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And Chuck, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been uh, a lot of fun. All right. And John, uh, thank you uh, as well. It it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful experience. Thank you, Jackie and Joe. I I just love the South Bay show, and I'm a big fan. And uh, always great to talk to you and uh, Thank you so much for what you guys do for our community, and uh, come on out, everybody. We'd love to have you all here tomorrow, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Come on out and hear some great stories. All right, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's our show uh, today. You didn't thank Jim. You didn't thank Jim. You didn't thank Jim. Jim? Hello, yes. Oh, oh, you're quite welcome. And I want to thank you, Jackie and Joe, for doing such a wonderful job of running the show and, uh, you know, uh, giving everybody a chance to really speak out and tell about their experiences. And uh, I really love your website, Jackie, and uh, I look on it first to plan my weekend. Oh, great. Good. <laughs> that's, that's why it's there. <laughs> and again, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Jackie and I have been doing this show for many years. And uh, Jackie, I am so glad to say you and John have been such great friends. And it's wonderful that you're having your 29th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let's sign off. The sound is killing me. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.